Do you want to set your child up for success? Is tutoring out of your budget, or perhaps you're someone like me who just wants to save money on private tutoring? Is this a big school year for your child? You know, maybe they're starting kindergarten or middle school. Maybe there's another milestone coming up. Or maybe your family moved. Oh my gosh, I moved so much when I was growing up. And the kids are starting a new school. Or maybe your child is ahead and just not getting challenged enough in class. Well, IXL Learning is here to help. IXL Learning is a fun online learning program for kids covering math, language, arts, science, and social studies. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or the personality. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. That's right. It is school approved. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And how to be fine listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash fine. Visit IXL.com slash fine to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Again, that's IXL.com slash fine. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Lisa is on a mission to give your body the rest it needs with two awesome mattresses plus accessories and bases for a better place to sleep. They also believe in providing a better night's sleep for everybody. And today, they've donated more than 32,000 mattresses through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Get 15% off your entire order at lisa.com slash btb and use promo code btb. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash btb with promo code btb. A lot of people don't realize the first Women's World Cup was in 1991. Why? And why was it actually called the FIFA World Championship for the M&M's Cup? To find out, you'd have to ask Sepp Blatter, which is exactly what Sports Illustrated did. On Sports Illustrated's new podcast, Throwback, find out how one team of Americans changed women's sports forever. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. The following podcast contains barnyard language and some adult content. So maybe use headphones if you're listening at work or around small children. Now, here's the show. Hey, Jolenta. Yeah, Kristen. Do you find yourself apologizing too much for the space you take up, for how you look, for your body? Are you kidding? Is this a trick question? Have you met me? Of course. Yes. All I do is apologize. One of our Easter egg outtakes is me apologizing to a wall when I bumped into it like a few seasons ago. <laughs> well, what if I told you, Jolenta? Your body is not an apology. And mine's not an apology either. I would tell you, you're quoting a very famous book, Kristen. A book by Sonia Renee Taylor. And I bet we're about to live by it. Oh, you know we are, because I'm Kristen Meinzer. And I'm Jolanta Greenberg. And this is By the Book. In each episode of Buy the Book, we choose a different self-help book to live by, follow it to the letter, and weigh in on whether or not it actually changed your life or my life, Jolenta. Today, our book is The Body is Not an Apology, The Power of Radical Self-Love by Sonia Renee Taylor. Sonia Renee Taylor is an award-winning performance poet and activist. Her work has been seen, heard, and read on HBO, BET, MTV, NPR, The New York Times, and lots of other outlets. And she's a regular collaborator and artist with organizations such as Planned Parenthood, the Association for Size, Diversity, and Health, and the Binge Eating Disorders Association. 
In 2011, Sonia started the Body is Not an Apology movement when she posted a picture of her black, full-figured self on Facebook wearing a saucy corset. The act was birthed from the outlandishly simple idea that no human being should be ashamed of being in a human body. Within 24 hours of her post, people across the country began posting their own pictures and stories about differences in age, race, size, gender, disability, sexual orientation, religion, ethnicity, class, and more. The Body is Not an Apology evolved into an online community for support and resources on issues of intersectional social justice. And in 2018, The Body is Not an Apology was released as a book to help spread the message of radical self-love. In the book, Taylor asserts that the most powerful antidote to a world full of body terrorism is a world of compassion. Giving yourself the gift of self-love is an act of revolution in a world made to shame you for not being the right color, size, shape, etc., She says that through accepting others as they are, celebrating differences, and making peace with our own bodies, we can make the world a better and more compassionate place. And she reminds readers that we do not need to wait to feel beautiful, powerful, or worthy tomorrow. We can choose to act in honor of our bodies today, no matter the form they currently take. Here's how you do it. Step one, spend time with your body shame origin story. Recall your first moment of body shame. Did it come from a classmate, a parent? Was it a joke, a criticism? What was the message you received, and what did it say about your worth in the world? Now, think about what's at the root of those messages. Most likely, it's related to political and economic hierarchies, hierarchies that depend on us to hate our bodies so that we'll buy new products to fix them or hate ourselves enough to stay in our socially assigned places. Acknowledge your shame and vow to do better. And also acknowledge that all our body rules are made up. Step two, celebrate that we are all different. Don't minimize differences with statements like, there's only one race, the human race. And never treat differences as though they come with inherent values like good and bad. Eliminate language that disparages bodies based on race, age, size, gender, ability, sexual orientation, mental health, and other attributes. And make a list of some body shame-free alternatives to add to your vocabulary. Step three, banish the binary. How often do you judge what is a good body or a normal body? What biases do you hold against other races or genders or bodies? And how do you use your biases to rank yourself and others? Be aware of your biased thoughts as they crop up and explore where they came from. Assume the best in others. And stop making comments that are self-effacing or that compare you to others. Step four, divest from the body shame profit complex. Reflect on how body shame has fueled your consumerism. What do you buy to be normal or fit in or fix perceived flaws? Do your purchases reflect your commitment to radical self-love? Of course, you should feel free to be unapologetically adorned with makeup and hair color if you choose, but you should also reflect on whether your worth is connected to your appearance and purchases. Step five, fight your media indoctrination. Mainstream media idolizes very young, white, thin, able bodies and perpetuates stereotypes about gender, race, and sexual orientation. Limit your media intake and be intentional about what you ingest. Next time you're watching TV, notice what commercials your favorite shows air between scenes and ask yourself, does this show and its commercials align with my radical self-love values? If the answer is no, then the next question should be, why am I giving them my time? Step six, become an ally with your body. Think about the intersections of your identity, sexual identity, gender identity, race, size, ability, or disability, and see yourself as a whole. Think about everything you're ready to stop apologizing for. Tell yourself new stories about your body, reframing your perceived flaws as assets. Move your body, touch it, and enjoy all it can do. And meditate for five minutes a day using a self-love mantra like, I love my body, or my body is my ally. Step seven, destroy systems of body terrorism in the world. 76 countries have laws criminalizing homosexuality. Immigrants can be deported from New Zealand for having a body mass index over 35. In the U.S., young black men are 21 times more likely to be killed by the police than young white men. And throughout the world, accessibility for the disabled is the exception, not the rule. Familiarize yourself with the ways that bodies are discriminated against and fight for a world that governs bodies equally and fairly by speaking up, voting, asking questions, and practicing compassion. That's what the book says, and so that's what we did for two weeks straight. Kristen, it's time. 
I've got to hear about your first week of living by The Body is Not an Apology. How did it go? All right. Well, I'm going to preface all this by saying that I was on the tail end of a horrible case of the flu when we lived by this book, as you know, Jolanta. Oh, my gosh, right. Yeah. You were a full mess. Oh, God. I was in bed for weeks with the shivers and the aches and a fever and a sore throat and my breathing issues. Dean actually said he has never seen me sicker, which is saying a lot because he's seen me sick a lot in the last yeah, five years. Yeah, saying you're pretty good at getting sick. Yeah. But this was a doozy. Yeah. And so I figured the best way to start out was with step six. Okay. So that's becoming an ally with your body. You jumped right to the big one. Yes. <laughs> yes. From my sick bed. Nice. I tried to appreciate my body and say good things to my body. Listen. Since I can't get out and enjoy my body, I can't go on a walk. I can't do a lot of the things I normally do because I'm on the tail end of this cold that's cold out. I'm just going to say thank you, lungs. Lungs, you're getting better and you worked really hard to get better. Thank you, immune system. Thank you because I feel so much better than I did a few days ago. Oh, that is so sweet. You were so nice to your poor little tired sick bod. (laughs) What did you do after you did all that nice talking to yourself? Well, after that, I felt ready to move on to step one. And that's spending time with your body shame origin story. Yes. And for this step, I actually typed out a whole story about being very young and playing beauty shop with the little girls in my neighborhood. I must have been about five years old. And all of these girls, I just have to say, are very sweet, and I have really good memories associated with them. Nice. But during this game of beauty shop, someone asked why my eyes looked weird in the eyeshadow. My eyelids did not hold the eye makeup in the same way that my friend's eyelids did. And I remember going home and trying to figure out what was wrong with my eyelids. No, little baby. And, and of course, nothing's wrong with them. Yeah. They just don't have folds, which is true for roughly 1.6 billion other Asian people on the planet as well. But... I didn't feel unique or beautiful in that moment. I felt weird. And I just had more and more occasions to feel weird as the years went by in my predominantly white household and community. Right. My muscly Korean legs didn't fit into most standard-sized pants. People pointed out that my face was too big. And in fact, most of these things that were associated with being ugly or weird, looking back, were just my very typical Korean traits, which are not bad. No. I just I just didn't realize it back then. That is very upsetting. Yeah. Also, what the fuck is having a face that's too big? You know, Margaret Cho talked about this too. She, do you remember that show, yeah. All American Girl? Yeah. Oh, yes. The directors of the show told her to lose weight because her face was too big. Which is weird because I feel like in the film and television industry, it's fueled by people with like giant faces. Yeah. Anyway, I hate it. I hate hate that you were made to feel ashamed, obviously. Yeah. And, I mean, I don't want to just blame these kids. We're part of a much bigger society. Yeah, they're just a reflection of all the values that are piled onto them and all that shit. Fortunately, though, when I went off to college and started my adult life post-college, I befriended a much more diverse set of friends. And since I considered all of them beautiful with their ranges of ages and races and sizes, I think by osmosis, I also began to see myself as not completely hideous. Mm. And eventually, I even came to realize that it was both impossible and a waste of time to measure myself against all the mainstream norms of thinness and whiteness that I'd been fed my whole life. Like, my friends, I was terrific as I was. I was totally fine. Okay, so you mastered step two just years ago. Like, right, <laughs> just, you know, when you were in college. I, just appreciating differences left and right. Little baby Kristen should have written this book. I, well, I got to say, I don't know if I mastered it, but I definitely laid the groundwork back right. then. And while living by this book, I tried to do step two even more along with some step three. And step three is banishing the binary. Yes. At the end of the week, I felt well enough to leave my apartment and go on a short walk to the park. And on that day, I deliberately and systematically tried to admire every single person I could in my eyeline for their uniqueness, what made them different, what was special about them. And I was sure to not categorize anything as normal or abnormal or weird or acceptable. Everybody was worth appreciating. And here I am sitting on a park bench and observing. Look at that cute old guy walking slowly and deliberately with his tiny little dog. His dog looks just like him, actually. And over there, those two runners together, they look really fit. Like, 
extremely so, like Olympians. And, oh, well, those women, I don't know what they're doing. It looks like some sort of CrossFit thing, but they look very, very, very strong. That was adorable. How did it feel? Well, I really did try my best on this one, but honestly, the whole exercise made me feel lousy. What? Why? Well, rather than appreciating all the bodies I looked at, I actually kind of felt like I was just seeing them for their bodies. Mm, They mm -hmm. almost became objects to me, and that's completely counter to what this book was trying to impart. Yes. And on top of that, I started doing something else that made me feel really bad, but I'll get into that in week two. What? No, this is the end? Yes, yes. Ah, I was not ready for this. No, no, it's fine. It's time time to talk about your first week. We'll get back to it, I promise. Fine, fine, fine. I want to hear about your first week of living by the body is not an apology. Well, I'll always talk about myself. Let's do it. So, after I read the book, start with good old step one. That would be spending time with your body shame origin story. Exactly. So I listed out my oldest memories of feeling shame about my body and sort of just all the rules I feel I've accumulated about what my body is and isn't and is allowed to do. All of those fun things. And I realized, looking at my list, that all of my shame has a common thread, which is just being too much My hair is too curly. I'm too loud. My nose is too big. I'm just too big. I'm too tall. I'm too masculine. I'm too curvy. I'm too sexual. Everything is too much. And I'm constantly sort of battling and policing all of these things about me and sort of tamping them down so no one can see how too much I am. What do you think all the shame does to you? Well, I feel like it probably holds me back a ton. But what's interesting is my shame also does stuff to other people. The book says that people close to you are impacted by your shame. So I decided to check in with my partner, Brad, to see how my shame impacts him. And here's what he had to say. Do you feel like my body issues and like all the like rules and hangups I have affect you? Yes. What have you been impacted? Well, on the the surface level, I always think that you're judging me or I think that I have reasons to be embarrassed about my own body. No, everyone does. (laughs) And the fact that you put that out there, like, convinces me that that's right. Like, my insecurities have made you feel more insecure, literally. For sure. Oh, And then on a larger scale, I also think that when you kind of give over to, like, this constant kind of, like, negative cycle... That you and then I end up just seeing negative things in other places, too. So then, like, that person sucks and I I don't like this and, like, everything's bad. Like, so all of a sudden, I think that it can kind of, like, create this just, like, feeling of negativity about your whole day, too. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I thought you were just going to be like, it impacts me because, like, you're so beautiful and you don't see it. But, oh, no, like, it makes your quality of life just fucking worse. Yes. Yeah. That was a wake-up call. That was not where I expected that to go. You know? I had no idea that my outlook was having an actual negative impact on Brad's day-to-day life and his self-image. But turns out the things we torture ourselves with, we also torture the ones we love with. Uh, So true. So true. And what did you do after that? After that, I was like, maybe... Step two will help lighten the mood, celebrating differences, right? Yes. You know, that'll help. So I decided to work on my language for step two. Because uh, as we learned back in What to Say When You Talk to Yourself, when we live by that book, I don't use the nicest language when I talk about myself. No, you don't. And especially when I talk about my body. So I did what the book suggests in order to stop using judgy, shamey language about bodies. And I listed the negative words I use most often when talking about myself and others sometimes. And then I made a list of replacement words to use instead. Ooh, I want to hear your list. Do you have your list? Yeah, well, so my top three negative body words are garbage, monster, and giant. And I replaced them with these words, majestic, supreme, and statuesque. Oh, I like these words. I like them. I'm clapping. Yay, Yay. I like them. And, you know, although... I was constantly stopping myself in the middle of talking to substitute words, and it was very clunky. Overall, 
It was a fun exercise, and I'm still trying so hard to stop saying garbage. Thank you. You need to stop saying garbage. You are By not garbage, a garbage person. By garbage, do you just mean majestic, Kristen? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And what did you do after that? After that, I went on to banish the binary. Ooh, that's step three. Yes, I was going to examine my biases and the categories I put people into. And I have to admit, I have a bias against a certain type of person. Ooh. And I decided to explore where this bias came from with the help of Brad. Take a listen. Do you think I'm biased against short people? (laughs) Yes. Do you think it's a bad thing? I don't know. I do think that when a tall person's an asshole, you call them an asshole. When a short person is an asshole, it's because they are short. If they're a man and they're dealing with me, part of it is because they're short. You don't think that they're an asshole with anyone else? I mean, I know what you're saying. Leaping to conclusions is not. it's, It's obviously a defense mechanism because I know... Often, my stature makes especially men uncomfortable when I, like, tower over them, Mm -hmm. especially if they're in a position of leadership. Yeah, that's tough. I understand what you're saying. Like, if, say, 80% of short men are going to react a certain way, is it better to protect yourself against the four guys or to open yourself up so that that one guy who can defy those expectations or change your life actually gets through? Oh. Yeah. Wow. That went pretty deep. I know. Again, did not expect it to go there. I thought Brad would be like, you're biased, blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, I'm protecting myself. (laughs) It's a shield. But he makes a good point. And, you know, like, Brad is technically shorter than me. On all my dating profiles, I was like, I'll never date anyone shorter than me. And it's like, a short man changed my fucking life. He's not that short, but, like, you know. Yeah. Why am I biased against this? So I started thinking about maybe if I if I trusted myself and could embrace my own body more, maybe I would be less biased about other bodies or how my body is being perceived. So to get right with myself, I skipped ahead to step six. Become an ally with your body. You know it. So I wanted to do the exercise in the book about rewriting our stories to help me reframe the things I think are flaws and start seeing them as assets. I want to hear your rewritten story. Are you going to share it? Uh, yeah, Nora, hit that clip. Jolenta was made out of stars, crystals, and fierce magic by a coven of ethereal witches. Her mother witches made her with a special purpose. She was made to be sent down from her celestial home into the world of the humans. The witches made her magic, loud, funny, and sexy, and her beauty was beyond compare. Why? Because she was extra. She had a dash of extra bits of all the things that make people fantastic. Her hair had extra curl. Her body had extra curves. Her voice was extra loud and funny. And she was all these kinds of extra to remind all humans that muting what makes you awesome is stupid and boring. Oh. I love it. It is so you. It's all about being too much. (laughs) You you also sound a little bit emotional when you're reading that, actually. It's weirdly uh, vulnerable making. It makes me feel very naked. Yeah. But like I say, I feel like I've spent so much time being told to shut things down. And it's like, what if I'm too much for a good reason? Mm. What if I'm too much to, like, help you remember things or enjoy things? Like, hopefully, it's for a greater good. It's not too much. It's just extra. Thank you. So, it was very fun and and a surprisingly sort of touching way to end my first week. Well, I can hardly wait to hear about your second week. But, of course, first, we have to take a quick break. If there's something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals, BetterHelp Online Counseling can help. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, anxiety, relationships, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. 
Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment and get help at your own time and at your own pace. And of course, anything you share is confidential. And I love that it is so convenient. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions as well as chat and text with your therapist. And if for some reason you aren't happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And Buy the Book listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com BTB, then simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's betterhelp.com BTB. We can all agree, looking good feels great. You know when I feel good? When? When I take some Wonder Beauty Unlashed Mascara, I move that across my lashes, and I get some curl, and I get some length, and I just feel fantastic. Well, I prefer the Mile High Club Volume and Length Mascara, but to each their own, Kristen. I don't need help with the curl. All that matters is it's coming from Wonder Beauty. Wonder Beauty is what it's all about. Wander Beauty is for women on the go. Whether you're doing makeup in the car or handling skincare at the gym, everything is travel-friendly, mess-free, and made to fit your busy lifestyle. And what I love is usually most of their products have two purposes. They, they do double duty. They know you're so busy, they're like, here, I'll be your liner and your lipstick. So get 20% off your purchase at wanderbeauty.com slash buy the book. That's wanderbeauty.com slash buy the book for 20% off wanderbeauty.com slash buy the book. All right, we are back. And Kristen, we talked about your first week living by the body is not an apology. Now it is time to get to week two. How was it? All right. So when we left off with my story, I was trying very hard to appreciate diverse bodies without the binaries of good and bad. And it wasn't working for me. I just felt like I was objectifying people. Right, yeah. Or actually not even objectifying them. I was just looking at them for their bodies. Sort of dehumanizing in a way. Yes, So what did you do next? I decided to move on to step five. That would be fighting media indoctrination. Exactly. And this part started off as fun. I realized that most of the people in my Instagram feed are under 50. So I began to follow some older people on Instagram, notably Advanced Style, which is pretty much all people over 60 with kick-ass style, as well as some other older and more diverse influencers. But seriously, everyone should follow Advanced Style. It is so, so good. fun. It's so good. Also a good documentary. Bye. Yes, yes. Next, I binged a new show called Shrill. Ooh, I've heard very good things. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It features a lot of diversity in terms of body, race, sexual orientation. And it's based on the Lindy West book, Mm -hmm. also called Shrill, that I love. And so I devoured Shrill in just like less than two days. But then the less fun part came. No, what's less fun? Well, I realized that the more influencers I followed – the more I was getting ads in my social media feeds for ways to fix or improve my appearance. And I tried to opt out of all of these ads with Dean's help, and this is what happened. Okay, but if I click on this, this doesn't even give me a diet option to get rid of diet ads. Maybe it's under eating or restaurants or health in some way. but, But it's not just the diet ads I'm trying to get rid of. It's these ones for these companies that are trying to tell me to feel self-conscious about like chest wrinkles it's never occurred to me once in my no look at this this is something you put on your chest for it's called crepey chest like why would i even think about crepey chest not something that i don't consider an issue now it's like in my head that i'm supposed to be thinking about crepey chest you don't have a crepey chest well even if i did what would be wrong with that nothing I don't think it's good for me to see this is the model of what I'm supposed to be trying to aspire to all the time. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't know how to stop that. It's, I thought the settings were in here, but they don't have any categories like that. Yeah, so apparently there's not an you opt can't. out of self hatred. No, you can't uh, stop that. Content. That's no. what content is for. <laughs> Like, it's a bonus if you don't hate yourself at the end. Yeah, but it's just, like, shocking the number of things that they tell you are wrong with you. Like, I was trying to be a responsible media consumer, but the media wasn't letting me do it. And on top of that, I was really struggling with the whole idea of step four. Oh, yeah. That's divesting from the body shame profit complex. That's a big, that's a big one. 
Yeah, and in this step, the messages seem to be really mixed. We're allowed to unapologetically adorn ourselves, but not if the adornment is fixing a perceived flaw. And when our purchases that seem good really bad, I was very confused by it. It seemed like a lot of contradictory things. Mm -hmm. Also, I think society is a little bit more intertwined and more nuanced and motivations totally. are it's like, not it's not so binary yes, it's not so black and white exactly and i i just didn't really know what to do with the step and so i talked about it with some of the gals in my book club and here we are you know it's like okay what's wrong with buying makeup yeah because well here's yeah. where the shift has yeah. taken place because when i was younger i'd wear it because it was just quote pretty yeah. and the older i've gotten the more i'm like oh my <laughs> eyes are looking tired <laughs> are you doing it because it's what you're told you should do or you're trying to turn yourself into something you're not because you feel it's like It's always you're, mixed up for everyone. Or you feel like the way you look or who you are isn't good enough. Yeah. Or are you having fun with it? No, no, it's mixed I up mean, for I like, everyone. I think it's mixed People who say, oh, they're having fun with it, so that's why they get rid of their gray. <laughs> Liars. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I mean, this conversation just went on and on and on. It's tough. It's a tough call to be like, what am I doing to express myself? Am I even expressing myself when I think I am? Or is that also buying into some complex like I haven't even thought about yet? Like, it's hard. It's hard to know. It's such a fine line. Yeah. It's just very complicated. Mm -hmm. And so there were no conclusions that any of us came to. And Honestly, it just made me feel that the book was trying to oversimplify something yeah. that can't be simplified. Again, as you were saying, Jolenta, you can't just create binaries in a world that's so interconnected. Right. That's true. So what did you do to end your second week, Kristen? Did you do step seven, which is an even bigger ask, I feel like, destroying body terrorism in the world? Well, actually quite the contrary. Uh-oh. What? And, and this is what I was hinting at during the end of my first week. I was doing something quite bad. I was actually terrorizing myself. No. Here I am talking about it with Dean. Honey, I have a confession to make. Uh-huh. I've been weighing myself every day. Every I, day? And I've been doing it in secret. Weighing. We have had conversations about this kind of thing. I thought we'd agreed after that stupid French book to not ever talk about or do a book that made you weigh yourself. I'm not living by a book that's making me weigh myself even. This is a book that's supposed to be making me feel happy and feel ownership of my body. It's not supposed to be making me do any of these things. But well, then what on earth is making you weigh yourself every day? I just, I feel like this book is really having me fixate on my body all the time. And it's not making me feel good about my body. And... It's making me think about stuff that I don't want to have to think about, like my weight, hmm. even though it's not trying to make me think about my weight. Hmm. Kristen, no, that's, ugh. I mean, it's I did, hard. This book is so telling hard. us to think constantly about bodies, to mm -hmm. look at bodies. It's hard to just focus on bodies. And in my case, or I'm sure in the case of lots of people who've struggled with their bodies, to not start obsessing over them. Right. It's such a bummer because this book is doing exactly the opposite of what it's supposed to do for you. It's supposed to help you explore, like, the positives and, like, the nuances you hadn't thought of. But instead, it's sort of pushing you back into, into just old thought patterns. Yeah. It wasn't making me just think, isn't a body great? It was making me fixate on bodies. Yeah. Fixate yeah, yeah. on my own body. Obsess over my body. Think too much about my body. I should not be thinking about my no. body every spare minute of the day. No, no, not at all. And that's definitely not what happened to me in this book. But Well, well let's wait, hear what happened yeah, to you in we week, two? week two. Yeah, let's do week two for you. What happened in week two? Oh, so that's where your week two ended. Yes. You confessing you've been weighing yourself. Yes, oh, that's yes. That's such a bummer. But, but, but let's yes. talk about you. So what happened in your week two? Well, to start week two, I did step four. <laughs> That is divesting from the body shame profit complex. Yes, yes. And this was a daunting step for me, as it is for everyone. Just saying the step is daunting. Yes. And, like, I'm not obsessed with beauty products and, like, fixing everything. But the whole concept is just so fucking big, I find it overwhelming, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, so I decided to start small and look at the things I buy and use on a day-to-day -day basis to fix things I consider flaws. And I do not buy these things for fun and to express myself at all. In fact, I do not like them. And the first thing that came to mind was pubes and the you, things I buy for pubes. You mean your fur? Your pubic hair? Yes, my pubic hair. Ah, uh, okay. So what do you mean? 
I spend way more than I should on pubes. And I do this because I'm supposed to be ashamed of the fact that, like, my crotch grows hair or something. And I'm supposed to want to look young and virginal. And I just don't think about it. And I do these things that hurt me and make me itch. And so I decided to make a big decision about my nether regions and discuss this decision with Brad. Waxing hurts. I get my body fucking hates when I do it. It gets crazy and grown hair. It's like yeah. I'm done spending money on it. You, do you care? I think body hair is back, girl. Whoa, that is a big step. For as long as I've known you, mm -hmm. our entire friendship, you've always been somebody who trims or Just manicures grooms, yeah. or grooms, I guess, your pubic hair. Yeah, it was a big deal, but also so freeing. Mm. And, and what did you do after that? After that, I moved on to step five, which is fighting my media indoctrination. And this was another one I was nervous about because I love my reality TV. And it's known for, for you know, not being the best content out there, one <laughs> I could love say. Reality TV, I know, I know. And so I sat down one day in week two and was like, I'm going to watch with a more critical eye. And honestly, I felt pretty okay with my choices. Most of the ads I saw were for aspirational living type things, like, you know, eco-friendly detergents that are probably out of my price range, or a fancy organic rug store having a sale, or mid-level cars with good mileage. Those aren't, those aren't horrible things, and those aren't the same as, like, reduce belly fat now, like, <laughs> you fat pig. And the content I actually watch, like all my Real Housewives and stuff, while... Yes, they are trying to remain ageless. What I love about this show is that it shows sort of the dark side of maintaining this ageless mm. facade. Like, it shows the pain they go through when they have plastic surgery. It shows the fights they have with their kids because their kids don't want them to change their appearance. Like, it shows the downside of catering to these societal standards. Okay, okay. All right, so as long as you're fine with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So you know what I did next? I finished watching The Real Housewives of Atlanta Reunion and moved on to step seven. Yes, that is destroying systems of body terrorism. Yes, again, no small task. I was daunted by this step and saved it for last because I just didn't know what to do. But the book recommends speaking up as one of the ways to dismantle systems that perpetuate shame. And I kind of accidentally went with that. Ooh, what do you mean accidentally? I am dying to hear. Okay, so here's what happened. <laughs> I was on LinkedIn during week two, and I randomly saw, like, some notification. I think it was just, like, a work anniversary or something for a guy I went to high school with. And this guy happens to have been a guy that drunkenly tried to force me to have sex with him one night oh, in high school. Oh, God. Yeah. God. So I was like, hey, I'll speak up to him right now. And before I knew it, I had sent him a message on LinkedIn to let him know the impact of his actions against my body. This is like one of the few times I am totally into people using LinkedIn for not work things. Yeah, uh, right? Normally I'm not into it, but I, I am dying to hear what you said to him. Yeah, so this is what I wrote. I'll read it to you. Um, and warning to listeners, like this is, it's not insanely graphic, but it does acknowledge like someone trying to force sex on someone else. So here's what I said. Hey, this is going to be the strangest LinkedIn message. But you should know, back at a party around senior year, you pulled me into a bedroom and forced yourself on me while I said I didn't want you to the whole time. You wouldn't let go of my hand, pulled me into a bedroom while I said I wasn't sure I wanted to go. You were pulling me towards the bed, saying it was a good idea that we hook up while I said no, I didn't agree. And if it weren't for Kay barging in to look for a place to vomit, me being able to get my hand out of your grip and a chance to run and lock myself in the bathroom with a sick friend, I probably would have been assaulted by you. Why am I telling you this? Because I've carried that feeling of terror and helplessness with me every day since. And you probably have no idea how much this shaped me. And no idea how scared I was that I'd be forced to drunkenly give up my virginity to a guy I barely hung out with. Oh, Jolenta, I'm so sorry. I mean, so, yeah. I, I am so proud of you for sending that to him. And I am willing to bet that a very large percentage of our listeners have all been in the same situation and can completely relate to it and are just applauding you from home. Thinking, I never know if I'm, like, doing this to be a glutton for a punishment or to be, like, self-indulgent or if it actually ever helps anyone. Well, no, you're helping everyone who's listening. And, I mean, you're helping me. I've been there. We've all been there. Or I should say a lot of us have been yeah. there. So. Did he respond? Did he write back? Yeah. Yeah, he did right away. He sent a LinkedIn message being like, 
can you have a call today? Like, I want to talk about this. And I have some, like, personal revelations. Mm. And I LinkedIn messaged him back being like, feel free to email me at my personal email address. Here it is. But, like, I don't have a lot of trust in you based on our past interactions. So, like, I I need some distance if we're going to discuss further. And then he basically opted out, LinkedIn me once more, being like, so sorry, everyone deserves respect. Like, I don't remember this, uh, but you God. should know, like, it's really made me, like, think. And, like, I had a really bummer day today. Ask anyone in my life. So, oh, you know, well, worth well, the well. trade-off. He had 24 hours of introspection, and I had 17 years of feeling like, you know, my big tits make me deserve assault. Oh, God. But how did you feel after that? Honestly, other than super nervous and scared which I feel whenever I talk about things like this, like right now, I felt relieved. It's always a relief because until I messaged him, I was essentially tasked with withholding the secret that this guy who is like generally a pretty good guy has some shady sides. Mm. And now he has to know that secret about himself and he can carry it and do whatever the fuck he wants with it. But it's like not my problem. I'm not going to protect it. And I just feel sort of free of that like, little burden that apparently has been weighing on me for the past 15 years. Wow. Well, that is an incredible way to end week two. Yeah, That is incredible. It had an impact. There was an impact made. Wow. But we will talk about that when we talk about verdicts after yes. this break. Yes. But first, a reminder, we want to hear from you. Have you lived by the body is not an apology? Share your story at kristenandjolenta at gmail.com. You might not think about what's actually in the perfume you wear every day, but Fleur makes stunning non-toxic perfumes and lists all their ingredients online so you get a good scent made with good, clean ingredients. For luxurious perfume that's all about good, clean fun, try Fleur. That's P-H-L-U-R. And what I love, Kristen, I use the Fleur Hanami scent on my body, and now I can use the scent on my office because I got a candle that is the same scent, and now my office smells like me even when I'm not in it. That is why your office smells so darn good. It's good, clean fun in your office, just like you on your skin. Our listeners can go to Fleur.com today and use promo code BOOK to get 20% off their first custom Fleur sample set. Pick three cents to try and get credit toward a full-sized bottle of your favorite. That's with promo code BOOK at Fleur.com, and you get 20% off your first three samples. P-H-L-U-R dot com. Darkness, tragedy, pain. These things hide within every beloved institution, and most people are none the wiser. Each week, the ParCast original, The Dark Side Of, pulls back the curtain to bring you the most salacious stories and disturbing details surrounding everything we hold dear. You'll learn about the dark side of Hollywood, where on the set of The Wizard of Oz, numerous accidents sent actors to the hospital. Oh my gosh, I love the backstory of The Wizard of Oz. You'll also hear about the dark side of music, where Elvis Presley was so obsessed with death that he brought friends to a mortuary at 3 a.m. to look at corpses. You've heard the good side. Now, hear the dark side of. Search for and subscribe to the Dark Side of on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Again, search The Dark Side of or visit parcast.com slash darkside to listen now. Okay, Kristen, we are back and it is time to get down to business. Did the body, is not an apology, actually work? Do you recommend it? Did you like it? Did you apologize for your body or not? <laughs> All right. Let me first start out by talking about the good parts of this book. A lot of what's covered in this book I think is useful, like mm -hmm. how there's really no such thing as a normal or a good body or a bad body, only manufactured ideas created by the media and the powers that be. That's useful to know, especially if you didn't take like 
eight years of cultural studies classes in college like you and I did, Jolanda. Right. I, I think that's useful. I also think it's good for people to look closely at how negative messages about our bodies are fed to us throughout our whole lives, where those messages mm-hmm. come from, and to heal from those messages, to just write down things about those messages, to say those are false, to rewrite those stories, to do all those things. I think right. that those are all good things. And, of course, I'm always in favor of anything that tells us to consume diverse media and to of be course. mindful of yes, our media. Yes. I, I, I'm always in favor of Be mindful of, that. of what we're looking at, the yes. stories we're ingesting, all of Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean, that's what we do on the show all the time with every book criticism. We try to. We yeah. try. But all those things being said, this book was not good for me. Yeah. The constant focus on bodies and what they look like in this book put me into a tailspin. And don't get me wrong. I think bodies are great. Yeah. And I'm super happy that I have a body that does things I want it to do. But for me, the best way to appreciate my body is to use it, which I couldn't really do much in this book because I was on the tail end of the flu. Right. You were so sick. And the best way for me to appreciate other people's bodies is to appreciate the humans inside those bodies, Mm -hmm. not just Mm -hmm. to look at them or to think about those bodies all the time, which I think this book was really having me focus a lot on bodies. Just too much on bodies. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't want to just focus on bodies. I want to focus on people. And let's also just revisit what I was saying about divesting from the body industrial complex Mm -hmm. and how she set up binaries between like, this is happy adornment and this is bad for you. It's never just one or the other. We know Mm -hmm. that makeup and hair color and clothes and everything else, they don't just exist in distinct worlds from each other. They're very intertwined. And so... I just felt that while she was saying no binaries, no binaries, no binaries. Here she is. Yes. and That's and I, a really good point. And I just think things are more complicated than that. So, anywho, long story short, I think my verdict is this is a great book if you need a primer on how the body industrial complex is fake and manufactured. But if you're like me and fixating on bodies all the time puts you into a tailspin, maybe instead just focus on knowing diverse people and mm. loving people. Yeah. I totally see where you're coming from. And obviously, yeah, everything you're saying makes perfect sense. Yeah. But um, also. Yes. But, <laughs> but also, also. But also, we need to hear your verdict. I was just saying, but also, I love this book. I love this book. This book changed my life. I feel like I needed this book. I mean, it's probably a bit of an echo chamber for me because I have spent a lot of time with the the concept of, like, the industrial body complex images, self-worth, society, all intertwined. Like, I love reading about this shit. So it's not a new concept to me, but it is a new concept to me to connect accepting bodies and, like, the general well-being of the world and how much would change if we embraced bodies. I sort of think of it as the other way around most often, if that makes sense. Like, advertising is the problem, and, like, the industrial revolution is why we hate our bodies, or you know? Mm -hmm. And it's like, if we dismantle, like, our infrastructure around, you know, manufacturing and sales, then we'll we'll change our body image. But it's also, it can go the other way, Mm -hmm. which I don't think about much. And, I mean... Really, I just don't think about my body very much. I have the opposite problem of you, where it's, I hate my body, so I disassociate from it. I Mm. pretend it doesn't exist. I'll, like, joke about it and talk shit about it, but I don't try to connect to it very often. I try to be like, my body isn't me, but it it is. It's how I present. It's what people see. Yeah, I think it's tough because I'm also a woman of color, and I don't think in America women of color are ever allowed to forget about our bodies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. If a woman isn't allowed to forget, try being like a fucking not white one. I'm sure. I can't imagine. Yeah. And I just, I don't need to fixate on it more. Mm -hmm. But I I don't want to take anything away from you loving this book. No, I would say, I just, I I totally see where you're coming from, but like, it also super fucking helped me, you know? I think of my body as something that gets in the way of my life and what I want out of life. And to sort of try to reframe that internal struggle and be like, why don't I be on my own fucking side to, like, help shit get done, whether it's changing the world or how I talk to myself, you know? (laughs) But, I mean, ultimately, this book got me to do good things. I started saying garbage less and started saying majestic. I, you know, let go of shit I was still holding on to. I learned about how my self-hatred affects my husband. Like, it was a good experience, and it reminded me that all bodies deserve good things, even mine, and I also deserve autonomy, and everyone else does. And I have no idea how we'll change the larger systems at play, which is depressing, but overall good book. 
And that's it for this episode of By the Book. Huge thanks to our fabulous production team at Stitcher, Nora Ritchie and Casey Holford. Thanks also to Nate Wyda, who composed our theme song, and to the Rizzos, who perform it. Reminder, we also have a season of the show called By the Book Authors Tell All, exclusively available on Stitcher Premium. It features interviews with some of the authors whose books we've lived by, including some authors who didn't think we lived by their books correctly. Head on over to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code BOOK for a free month trial. Please stay in touch. Let us know if you've read The Body Is Not an Apology. Also, send us any questions or suggestions for future books for us to live by. Our email address is kristenandjalenta at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at Jalenta G, at Kristen Meinzer, or at By the Book Pod. And we have a new phone number. Woo-hoo, yeah. Leave us a message. Maybe we'll play your thoughts on a mini episode. Just give us a little call at 302-49-BOOKS. That's 302-49-BOOKS. Also, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. It helps other people to find the show. And if you haven't already, tell a friend about the show. Until next time, I'm Jalenta Greenberg. And I'm Kristen Meinzer. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Step four. We can reword this. Kill me. I can do this. No, now it's just a battle. Stitcher. Whatever struggles you are facing from depression and anxiety to trauma and grief, BetterHelp can connect you with a professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. And, of course, anything you share is completely confidential. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option. And buy the book listeners even get 10% off your first month with the discount code BTB. So why not get started? Simply go to BetterHelp.com BTB and fill out a questionnaire to get matched with a counselor you'll love today. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today.